Bible Fellowship. It's good to see friends and family. We're getting a little bit of feedback up here, Roller. I'd ask that you stand as the Word of God is read. If you have your Bible paperback, tablet, or smartphone, if you want to follow along, I'll be reading from the first chapter of John, starting at verse 35. And the text reads as follows. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed follow Jesus. Now, I read that particular passage for those that are here probably for the first time hearing me speak because it helps to give me focus. It helps to give me a target point. John's whole purpose in life was to prepare the way for the Savior. And the disciples followed Jesus as a result of John's direction. So as we go before the Lord in prayer, that's my prayer this morning, that you would have a closer walk with Jesus or there would be an initiation of a relationship with Jesus today. Amen? Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the example that John gave us, Lord, as he encouraged the disciples to follow you. Lord, that is my prayer this morning, Lord. I pray that you do the heavy lifting. Lord God, that you would soften hearts, open ears to hear what you have to say today. Lord God, that you would do what I cannot do. Lord God, that you may increase while I decrease. May your word go forth with great power and conviction. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. amen. You may be seated. As noted in your bulletin, the title of today's message is, I'ma just do it. Now, for those of you um, that are not familiar with KB, He's a Christian rapper. I like KB, and I like this, this song for a number of reasons. Um, one, um, KB is talking about being radical, doing those things that, you know, just kind of different than the world. He said, man, I'm going to just do it. Then I happen to be a golfer. He has one of my favorite golfers rapping on this, um, on this song. His name is Bubba Watson. Now, for those of you all that you could Google Bubba Watson, because I know we don't have a lot of golf people in the room, right? <laughs> Bubba Watson is this country white boy. The last person that you think would be rapping. But he says, the line goes, he says, KB need a verse. I told him ain't nothing to it. I smiled, he looked me in the eye, and I said, I'ma just do it. And he goes, country boy from the panhandle. I'm getting all lost. <laughs> like it's Friday night, youth group, your team again. But the hook of the song is, he says, with no hesitation, no time for wasting, I promise, I promise, I'ma just do it. And y'all say that with me. With no hesitation, no time for wasting, I promise, I promise, I'ma just do it. I want y'all to hold on to that. Hold on to that, put it, lock it away somewhere, write it down, lock it away, we are gonna come back to that at some point in the message. But, you know, I thought about that, I'm going to just do it. There's a lot of things in this life that I really don't like doing. Uh, for instance, taking medication. 
It seems that as the older I get, my medication thing just starts to grow. And I'm like, man, I don't want to take all this medicine and I'm worried about what this stuff is doing to my body. And my wife is always asking me at the end of the day, did you take your medication? I said, man, I'm going to just do it. Until I find an alternative, I got to take it else I'm going to be sick. So I'm going to just do it. Then I come back, I say, you know, uh, April 15 is what? Tax time. I don't like paying tax. I don't like giving up my money, but I got to say what? I'm going to just do it. I'm going to just do it. That's things in this life that I just don't like to do. To bring it closer to home, what about putting other needs before your own? That's a heavy one. I have to practice that and I say, I'm going to just do it. When I'm in the line at the store and that elderly person pulls up in that little rascal and they got all those groceries and all that stuff in there. You know it's going to take a long time. I got somewhere to be. The right thing to do is let them in line. What do I got to say? I'm going to just do it. I'm going to just do it. So that's, But there's things. I, I, I wrestle with that. Maybe y'all don't have that problem. But I got a lot of issues. And the deacons will tell you I got a lot of quirks about me. So I got issues. Turn to your neighbor and say, he got issues. He got issues. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor, you ain't got to go that loud, Pastor. You ain't got to say that that loud. But we all family. And I never want to stand up here and act like I got it all together. And I'm tell you, I'll tell you the first thing. I got issues. And there's some things that I'm going to drop on y'all right now that's going to be like, man, y'all, he really do got issues. He really do. Brother Savage really do got issues. There's some things in the Bible, check this out, that I don't like doing. I know I ain't the only one. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe it's one other person here that there's some things in Scripture that you know are the right thing to do, but you wrestle with doing it. We wrestle with those things, and I have to look at this stuff, and, and I said, Lord, I don't feel like doing these things. You know what Jesus is saying? I don't care how you feel. <laughs> I told you to do it. I need you to say what? I'm going to just do it. But I wrestle with this. And, and, and I begin to look at Luke chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, turn, turn to Luke chapter 6. And this is some very radical, heavy stuff that Jesus is dropping here. Some stuff that, like, man, this, this is really, really difficult stuff to do. And if I, I, I got to tell you this, that if you are a, a, a believer, a follower of Christ, you signed up for this. <laughs> Because if you were thinking that you were going to live a life where everything was going to be comfortable, you were going to kick your feet up and just chill, and you press a button and God just does everything that you want him to do, it don't work like that. Jesus is calling us to do some hard stuff, some real hard, heavy stuff. Man, and so when I look at Luke chapter 6, verse 20, starting at verse 27, let's jump into the text. It reads as follows. But I say to you who hear... Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. 
If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend and expect nothing in return and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil, being merciful, even as your father is merciful. I read this, and I'm going to tell you, uh, honestly, Pastor, it all due respect. You know, when people say that all due respect, some stuff coming, right? They all eat about to start tripping. I had to say, Jesus, what? This is crazy. When I read this as a, as a young Christian, I'm reading it, I said, man, this don't make sense. Jesus, do you know I'm from Cabrini Green? Do you know what we do to our enemies from Cabrini Green? Some of y'all from the west side. Y'all eat y'all enemies. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But when we look at this text, it starts off, it says, but I say to you who hear. That word but is significant because it's a change of direction word. It's a change of direction, meaning that Jesus is about to say something in contrast to the former way of thinking in that. And that but, you don't have to turn there, but if you will, you can note this down in Matthew 5.43. He said, I heard it said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies, love your enemies. Jesus is flipping that whole thing upside down. He's saying, love your enemies. And I was trying to figure out a way to get out of this. I was like, Jesus, do you know, I mean, you talk about loving, loving your enemies. Like, what does love mean, Jesus? Had to ask that question like the lawyers, they asked the question like, hey, well, so what, what, define love. That's actually a good question. He said, Brandon, I'm glad you asked that question. Because, see, people attach love to a number of things. Right. That, that word love is kind of watered down. You say, man, I love me some cheesecake. I love me some golf. I love me some Cadillacs. I love these pairs of shoes. We attach love to a number of things where it's become watered down. And I had to go. I, I, so, so I began to do some research on on this word love. And there's three words in the Greek that kind of describe love. That first one is eros. Eros is more like a, um, a romantic type love, a love that you have for your boo. So it's like, boo, what's a boo? <laughs> a love that you have for your boo. Say, so Pastor, my first lady said, that's, that's my boo over there, that's my boo. That's my boo over there. It's a romantic type of love it's kind of like a love that would compel you to borrow your friend's car, drive 18 hours to the University of Vermont, see your boo, and then turn back around and drive all the way back 18 hours to Waukegan, Illinois. That's Eros. That's what Eros is. Don't tell that. Don't tell that. Don't tell that. This is just an example. That stays. What happens at CBF stays at CBF. 
I need everybody to nod and say, yeah. Don't y'all be telling my business, posting stuff on Facebook, have my in-laws calling me going, what's this about a trip to Vermont? We never knew about that. Anyway, 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 rabbit trail. All right, let's get back. The second word is phileo. That's more of a, a, a friendly, brotherly love. The key with the phileo is, is that it's a reciprocal love. You love that person because they love you, right? You give it back. If they do good to you, do, you do good to them. It's more of like a brotherly, affectionate type love. Then you have the third one is agape. And see, that agape love is higher than the, the eros. It's higher than the phileo. Agape love is more, it, it mirrors more of like God's love for all mankind with no strings attached. And that we are to extend that type of love whether we get it back or not. We are called to love everybody. That's the kind of love that Jesus is talking about here in this text when he says love your enemies. Then I, I, I couldn't stop there. I was trying to find another way. I said, okay, Jesus, you're telling us to love your enemies, but there might be some people say, I don't have no enemies. Well, who's my enemy? Say, well, keep living if you don't have them. <laughs> keep living. You might have, they, they, they waiting. Those haters are waiting. Somewhere you're going to encounter your enemies. Your enemies could be that coworker, that supervisor that just overcooks your grits at work, right? It could be that next door neighbor that gets on your nerves all the time. When we moved from 109th Street, we had a very interesting neighbor. This lady took painstaking effort where she like colored. I mean, it was like a beautiful sign, not the words that she used, but it was a beautiful sign where she actually took time to make sure that I knew that she objected to my very existence here on this earth. That's the best way I could put it. I can't repeat what she had in that window, but it wasn't nice. That could be your enemy. Sometimes, I know this isn't applicable here, you could say there was a movie out that said Sleeping with the Enemy. Y'all remember that movie? I know y'all don't watch those secular movies, you know, and stuff, but sleeping. Sometimes your family members can act like your enemies. We all got somebody in our family that overcooks our grits, gets on our nerves, always causing trouble. And stuff. Everybody, everybody got a family. You can think of somebody. If you can't think of somebody, you're probably that person. <laughs> I'm going to just keep it real. If you can't think, you're like, no, I can't think of anybody. This might be you. Might be you. But he's saying, okay, Jesus, I got this. I got this. Okay, you're saying love your enemies. Then Jesus began to dig deeper into this thing. And I'm like, man, come on. Jesus, he's saying in the text, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Jesus is going in deep here. He didn't just stop at the, the love thing. He said, man, you got to put some action to it. Because, see, the love without, without action is just, it's just, it's just like an empty Kool-Aid jug. You know, somebody hand you the jug, like, man, where's, ain't nothing in here. That don't mean that's nothing. It's, it's empty if I just say I love you without action. You see, God demonstrated his love towards us, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. He put action to it. That was a sacrifice that was given. He, he, he sacrificed his son 
So we know John 3.16, we can all recite that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That was sacrifice. He put action to that, to that word love. That's what he's expected us to do. It's to love, to do good. When we say to bless somebody, to say positive things about them. And say, Lord, bless them. Do good things. I mean, that's a hard thing to do. When somebody's cursing you, you know, the, I'm embarrassed to say this, and I don't know if Dave Hamlet actually caught this last week. When I was coming around the corner from the bathroom, uh, Dave was coming. And I don't know if you caught this, Dave, but the first thing that did, you startled me, and I did like this. <laughs> I was like, it was like a natural kind of reaction. I don't know if you saw that. You didn't see it, thank the Lord. <laughs> I could have got away with that. I thought he was going to be man, what's with Deacon Savage? This brother about knuckling up in the church. What's wrong with that dude? <laughs> I'm glad you didn't catch it, but I was like, man, what's wrong with you? You in church. This is the last place that you want to be knocking people out. And so I'm, I'm balling my fists up as he's coming around the corner. It's a natural response. So it's difficult to do good to those who are cursing you and getting on your nerve, causing problems, trying to get you to lose your job. But Jesus is saying, do good to them who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Abuse you. Somebody is whooping on you. You're saying, we're going to get to that later in the text. I'm supposed to do all these things to them, Jesus? I was sitting in Bible study some years ago, and Parade Kashmir was teaching. He was one of our old elders. And he was talking about doing good to people, your enemies, and all this stuff. And I was, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, man, listen, man, I ain't trying to do all that stuff you're talking about, man. That stuff takes work, Parade. He said, Brandon, just try it. I had a, I had a lady at at my job that like hated me. The reason that she hated me was I hired her best friend and her best friend was a horrible customer service rep. I mean, she would take my messages and give me, she would be missing information. The numbers would be wrong, so I'm dialing the numbers, doo -doo -doo, this number's not in service, what? And she would give me the wrong names and she was just, she was just bad. And so I had to let her go. So this upset the, her best friend who worked at our Northside office. And so from that point on, she, was, she did everything she could to just get on my nerves. We would sit on committees and she would, she would just, I would say red, she would say yellow. I would say up, she would say down. So everything I tried to do, she would oppose me. And so Paree said, I told Paree about it. So he said, brother, you know how Paree talk, brother, why don't you just do something good for us, something nice? And it was around Christmas time. So Christmas Eve, I drove, I, I got her like, I think it was a scarf or some gloves or something. So I had it wrapped up real nice. I drove all the way to the north side Christmas Eve. And I was like, man, I was so proud of myself. And I, I brought that gift to her desk and I said it there. I said, I just want to give you something to say I appreciate you. And I stood back. Guess what she did? Nothing. She, lived, she didn't even give me eye contact. So I walked out of there. I was like, man. So I came back to Bible study. Paré asked me how I went. I said, man, that stuff didn't work. She didn't even say thank you. He said, give it some time, brother. Give it some time. 
Y'all know how parade talk. Give it some time, brother. So weeks went by, weeks went by, weeks went by, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then all of a sudden, we were at a committee meeting out at our Elmhurst office. And I lie to you not, it was like we were the best of friends. She turned around, she was like, man, it was like, I was, and I'm looking like, man, is she up to something? It's like, it was like, it was never an issue with us before. And the only thing that I could trace it back to is praying for her and giving her that gift. Now I thought about it. What had I, if I had not done that, would that lady see Jesus? You might be the only Jesus that these, your enemies get to see. You might be the only enemy. When you think of it that way, it's like, man, I'm playing a role in that person's possibility of receiving Christ. So we got to make sure we take this seriously when he says, uh, I love our enemies, do good. It's not going to feel good to you. It's going to go against your very nature to do these things. But this is what God Jesus is calling us to do. And if you look in your Bible, it's in red. That means what? Jesus is talking here. This ain't just brand. These are the very words of our Lord and Savior. So y'all got that concept? Because if y'all don't respond, I'll keep talking and reiterating and we'll be here all day. <laughs> Randy said, yes, sir. <laughs> keep, keep it moving. <laughs> so, thank you, Randy. So we go to verse 29. It says, to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. Now, when I looked at this, I was like, Jesus, I ain't no punk. I ain't no punk. I'm from Cabrini Green. I'm from the CG. We don't just let nobody smack us in the face. Remember, Brandon? When you signed up to follow Christ, it's like this. There's some football uh, fans here. It's like going from the Chicago Bears to the New England Patriots. You don't run the Bears plays. Belichick is not running the Bears plays. You run in the New England Patriots plays. God is saying, hey, that old life, that Cabrini's Green stuff is out the window. You run in my playbook now. Amen. And this is what I'm calling you to do, whether you like it or not. You just going, what? I'm going to just do it. And what he's talking about here in uh, Hebrew culture, there was like one of the, the signs of disrespect would be they would backhand you. It's like a sign of disrespect. And he said, what Jesus is saying here, the point is, is that we are not to what? Retaliate. That's all he's saying here. So the concept is, is that we are not to retaliate. Turn the other cheek. Say so that we're not to retaliate. Then he goes in, Jesus is not letting us off the hook here. He's keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm just like, man, can't you just stop right there, Lord? This is enough. You working on me enough. I'm having issues with, with you know, the first few concepts. Doing good and blessing and praying for those, your enemies. And I want to back up a second because I missed something about that, that praying part. Now, I need to make this clear because I've done this. When you pray for your enemies, you're not praying that the Lord will rain down fists from heaven upon them. Okay? I know some of y'all are like, man, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pray for that mug, all right? I'm going to pray that God will knock them out. Get rid of them. 
No, you're praying that, that, that they will receive Christ. You're praying blessings upon them. We, we clear on that? I want y'all walking out of here like, man, I'm going to pray, man, that my boss just, just fall out. That's not what Jesus is saying here, not the type of prayer that he's saying here. It says, turn the other cheek um, from the one who takes your cloak. Do not withhold your tonic. He's saying we aren't to retaliate. And that's a difficult one because we've been like, we've been robbed when we were over on 100, uh, 60th and Rhodes. We had like, man, I can't even count the number of robberies that we had and stuff, you know, and it was crazy. And we found the guy who actually was taking our stuff. It was our next door neighbor that was responsible. And the way we caught him, he cut his arm on our, on our, on our, uh, the glass in our window and the police got his DNA. And I really wrestled with what to do with this young man. And I can be honest with you, it wasn't this stuff right here. That's not what I was thinking. And I, I, I was demanding, I said, I needed one thing back from him. And this, I needed our computer. Because it had all of our stuff on there. The kids had done their schoolwork on there and everything. And it was a, it was a very valuable piece. But the Lord was saying, Brandon, let it go. Let it go. I could get you another computer. And he did. We have several computers now. But I had to, had to turn that thing. I had to turn it over to him. And the thing you got to understand, you have to prioritize people over property. God could get you some more stuff. And here's the thing. It ain't your stuff anyway. <laughs> Them clothes, that car, that house, it ain't your stuff anyway. That's God's stuff. You're just a steward. So if he decides to take it all away, go read Job and see what happened to Job. All of his stuff, his family, everything gone. And God restored all of that. He's able to do that. So we need to prioritize people over what? Property. This is what he's saying here. The next verse goes, it says, give to everyone who begs of you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. Give to everyone who begs of you. Now, on every street corner, every exit, every Walgreens, every CPS, CVS, every gas station, there's somebody asking for something. I was like, oh, it's like you got the bucket boys now doing their thing. Everybody's asking for stuff. Now, as Jesus said, give, just give, 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 give all, give all your money away. Is that what he's saying here? No, that's not what he's saying here. And in this text... It's, just not, it's not talking about just, the, uh, just money here. There are times you have to use good discretion. I'll give you an example. If the guy is telling you, say, hey, man, I need $10. I'm about to go buy me some crack cocaine. Are you to give him that money? No, no. One of the things I would encourage you to do, and I know I got this from Randy. Randy actually carries tracks, and he got little candies and treats and everything. You could have little packs in your car. You know, to give out to people. doesn't have to always be money. You know, an opportunity to open a door that you could witness to them. Help hook them up with a service. You give them Jesus, you're giving them something more valuable than money. Amen? I think y'all got that point. As you, verse 31, and as you wish that others would do to you, so do to them. The golden rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. That's real simple. 
when you think about it, but that's, that seems like it's hard for people to do. Treat others as if you, as you want to be treated. If you want grace, you want mercy, you need to send that out. You need to send that out. Now, and the caveat to that is you don't always receive what you send out. But the concept remains the same, that we ought to do unto others as we want them to do to us, the golden rule. Amen? How many of y'all had situations where you needed mercy? You needed grace. When you driving down the street and you get onto the expressway and you trying to merge in, are you that car that's trying to keep up to block you from getting in? Is that you? Remember, there's times when that's going to be flipped. You're going to be that person trying to merge in. So extend grace. Extend mercy. Come on in. And it's not going to slow you up. That's amazing to me that people think that this is going to set them back. You know, but you got to understand something. Just a little. It may be a few minutes. You may be a few seconds late. Not much. It ain't going to make that much of a difference to let somebody in. But I tell you this. When you're doing something, it's going to cost you something. When you're doing the right thing, when you're loving on people, when you're practicing this, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you, but we can't be worried about that. Amen? We can't be worried about that. The Lord will make up that time. He'll get you to where you need to be. Amen? The text goes on to read, If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who lend to you, who, from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? And I wrestle with that lending part. I've never, say Rochelle and I have never been paid back from a family member. We've given out thousands of dollars. Not one person has come back and said, man, here's the money. But you know, we give the money with the idea that it's a gift, that we're not going to receive it back. In the Jewish culture, it was against their, the law to actually, for them, they didn't uh, charge an interest when they gave a loan to another person. It was like, no, you just give it to your brother. The concept was is that sometimes you didn't get that money back. And so you just had to say, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's a gift. The same concept. I know of you. I'm, not, I'm going to come to you after service and see if, this, this, if you're going to practice this. So I'm going to ask y'all for a loan. It's like part of the test to see if y'all got it. They're like, yeah, I see y'all wallets tightening up right now. <laughs> like, like, man, you tripping. <laughs> got to see if y'all really got it. Now, I'm going to give it back. Maybe. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But I think you got the concept. And that same thing I said earlier applies to this. Your money is not yours. It's the Lord's. And he can give it to you. He can take it away. So we have to remember that. But Jesus wraps this thing up. He says, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. You're going to be rewarded for doing the right thing. When you talk about, he says, and you will be sons of the most high. There's certain, we need to look like Jesus. We need to look like Jesus. You know, Caleb Calloway, he's one of the young men that grew up in our church. I went to see 
his brother who was in the hospital, and Caleb's daughter was there. When I looked at his daughter, I, there's no doubt who her daddy is. She looks like, the, like he spit her out. The splitting image, it's like, it's scary. Like, it's like, man, that's, she's just a girl. You see, but she looks just like her dad. I mean, just everything, all the features. That's how we should look in regards to our walk with Christ. We should be looking like Jesus. It says you will be sons of the Most High. That will be a testimony. You'd be able to people say, man, that dude, I don't know what it is. It says Jesus. Man, something different about that person. It's Jesus. So that's what God is calling us to, to look more and more like him. It says be merciful as even as your heavenly father is merciful. I want to I wanna close with this. I want to put a video up. But I have to set the stage first just in terms of give you a little background. Some of you all might already know the story. You might already know the story. September uh, 2018, there was a young man who was just doing what he do in his house, relaxing, chilling. There was an off-duty police officer who lived in the same complex. She lived on the third floor. He lived on the fourth floor. She drove into the complex, parked on the fourth floor, allegedly, and went into his apartment thinking that it was her own apartment. She thought he was an intruder and shot him in cold blood. Now, this set off a firestorm. People were, man, man, protesting. There was social media was going crazy. So this clip right here that I want to show is his brother's uh, response in her court service. Play that rolling for me. I'm not going to say I hope you rot and die just like my brother did, but I, see, I, I personally want the best for you. And I, I wasn't going to ever say this in front of my family or anyone, but I don't even want you to go to jail. I want the best for you. Because I know that's what that's exactly what both of them would want you to do. And the best would be give your life to Christ. I don't know if this is possible, but can can I give her a hug, please? Please. Yes. saw that, that set off a firestorm on social media. There were people on both sides of the equation, and some was like, how dare he embrace the very person who murdered his brother? And knowing what the justice system have done to us as a people, how dare you do this? She needs to rot in jail. That wasn't that young man's response. He, he must have read this text. He was actually living this thing out. And the overwhelming response was that 
he's a better man than me. And I had to, I had to be honest with myself because I thought the same thing. I said, man, he's a better man than me. I don't know if I can embrace the person that murdered my brother. I said, Lord, I had to really check myself. I had to look in the mirror and say, man, Brandon, if you can't do that, you need to step your game up. You need to step your game up. There's some some things that God is calling us to do, and we have to just do it. Say, I'm going to just do it. That was some tough stuff to watch. I was like, man, I really, and I, I don't know how old that guy was, 18 years old. Now, the question on the table is, all the people that saw that, are they closer to following Jesus as a result of how he handled that situation or further away? Now, my question to you in regards to your enemies, is the world closer to following Jesus or are they further away in regards to how you respond, how we respond to our enemies? It's quiet up in here. We had to really, I had to really look at this thing and go, Lord, honestly, I'm not quite there yet. I'm working on it, but I'm not quite there yet. I need some prayer in this area. That's some things I, I need to step my game up. I need to get it together. That's some growing that I got to do to be able to live out what God is calling us to do. And it's not going to be easy. And we got to get back to the, uh, the verse in KB. I said I wasn't going to leave it there. All of us need to be, out, be able to say, with no hesitation and no time for wasting, y'all ain't got it. <laughs> no hesitation, no time for wasting. I promise, I promise, I'm going to just do it. If you need prayer in that area, this isn't easy stuff to actually live out. God is calling us. The only way that you could do this is having Jesus Christ in your life as your Lord and Savior. The power of the Holy Spirit working through you to accomplish these things. With the Lord, all things are possible. We can do this, but you got to have Jesus. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you say, man, I, I, I want to be able to live this thing out. I want to be able to know for sure that if I die today, that I will be going to heaven. And as simply as this, praying this simple prayer, understanding that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for wretched individuals. His blood was shed for my sin. He's calling on you to repent, ask for forgiveness, and ask him to take lordship of your life. If you want to pray that prayer, um, I'd ask that you just wave a hand, wave a hand, wave a hand, wave a hand. If not, maybe at some other point. But if you are one, and I stand up here in terms of needing prayer, in terms of the things that God is calling us to in this text, Luke 6, if you need prayer, loving your enemies, I want to challenge you to stand and ask the Lord, say, man, I need work. I know I do. I know I do. And the thing about it is, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake. 
There are people going to hell every single day. So we want to make sure we do our part that we don't contribute to the problem. That our witness, our, our walk with Jesus will point folk to them. So if you need prayer, I want to ask that you stand as we close this thing out this morning. And I stand with you as I said. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, what your son did for us. You didn't have to, but you did it because you love us. Lord God, help us to be obedient to the call, the hard things, the hard stuff, the radical life of Christianity, this walk that you've called us to. Lord God, that you would empower us through your Holy Spirit to, to do the, the impossible. What we cannot do in the flesh, Lord, we can only do by being empowered by your Holy Spirit. So I pray for those that are standing. I pray that they will have the right attitude. I pray that they will take the word today and apply it, not just walking out and saying, man, hey, forgetting about what was said today. So I pray that your word would stick with them. Lord God, that it would challenge them, that they would wrestle with it to the point of saying, I'ma just do it. We pray all these things in your precious son's name and let the church say, amen, amen. Thank you.